are we recording i love when when things start out like that are we recording yes we are welcome to something positive for positive people i'm courtney brain something positive for positive people is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that essentially serves as a self-help resource for people navigating herpes stigma uh, one of the things that we do here is offer donation-based uh, mental health support from a licensed mental health professional and also the podcast itself just serves as um, an experience-based sort of research tool to give people different types of methods of navigating wherever they are in relation to their herpes stigma diagnosis and um yeah there's a lot of extended advocacy in the public health space i was trying to stall till you got back i saw you walked away from the screen for a second i was like oh <laughs> but anyways uh today i have a guest here uh do you want me to just call you kia do you want me to call you by your instagram handle how would you like to be addressed i prefer the aquine traveler i mean people can know my name but i prefer the aquine traveler all right because it's just like that's that like persona that's salsa fierce you know yeah, what i mean yeah so. <laughs> so it's interesting i've done 300 ish podcast interviews and i realized it is so out of place for me to say a person's name and people are so worried about anonymity a lot of the times that i they they'll also give me a fake name so if anyone references an episode later on in life i have no idea who they're talking about because it'll be like Oh, it was Kim, it was Ashley, it was Brittany, who they actually have another name. And so I can't, when people are like, oh yeah, your guest so-and-so, can you connect me to them? I'm like, ah, I completely lost them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, either way, I really don't mind. Um, A lot of people don't really see my name, and when they do, they don't know how to say it anyway. So they just call me the Alpine Traveler and call it a day. So, like, I don't mind it being my first name, Kia the Alpine Traveler, it's a SEO great search for a tool engine that it needs to be. So if you need to say Kia as many times as possible, the Alpine Traveler, by all means, that's fine. Um, I think that I'm very far from the amenity just because I pretty much pride my entire platform around exactly what we're about to talk about. So Yeah, and I can relate to that. Um, in 2017, um, I did a piece uh, with St. Louis Magazine. Yes, it was St. Louis Magazine, um, and they interviewed me about the podcast and what I was doing, and this was early on because that was when it started, so it was like at the end of the year, maybe like 20 episodes were up, and after the interview, um, some time passed, I didn't think anything of it, and then I get a text message from one of my clients, that was a personal trainer, and she texted me and goes, uh, oh my God, Like this is awesome, and sent me the article. And then I was like, what are you talking about? I read, I was like, oh my God, the world knows I have herpes now. How's this going to affect my friend's gym? Like, are people going to stop coming to the gym? Is he going to go out of business? What kind of, uh, am I going to not be able to make money anymore? Am I going to be homeless and have to eat out of trash cans, right? It's crazy how uh, far I've come personally from that first outing, so to speak, to this point now where... You know, I've had people message me later after seeing me out somewhere and be like, hey, were you at this place? I'm like, yeah, I was there. And they're like, oh, I was there too. I was like, oh, why didn't you say hi? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting having that spectrum of experience going from night to day. You know, I didn't want 
people to know it just kind of happened and I thought that you know I didn't I don't know what I was thinking doing this interview thinking I was going to be able to stay anonymous I guess because uh I, they was gonna find out <laughs> they was gonna find out yeah but now it's not an issue and I imagine that that's kind of the same thing for you you mentioned just like all right it's great for SEO purposes for what you do but uh I guess my first question is was there ever any sort of hesitance to be out there with your experience so like my my intention of my journey was always to tell everybody what was going on but i wanted to tell people when i completely healed myself because i felt like it validated the information that i was giving um so for a while i just wasn't saying anything and i was just trying to encourage people to be on the same path and correct the mindset in order for them to know that they could do anything not specific to herpes itself, but just any type of diagnosis. And after a while, I started, I think it was like probably six to eight months into it, or maybe less, I started a close friends so I could talk about my journey just with a few people that wanted to be a part of it. And I was in a detox at that time and had a huge outbreak on my mouth. And I was like, this is my first ever. I've never had one like right here. And I was like, oh shit, like, I'm on close friends. I have to like record myself talking to them like face to face. And I was like, well, I mean, you was going to tell them anyway, so you might as well. So I did. And the type of support that I got once I told everyone and showed them like what I was really battling with, it was like, I had probably about over a hundred people in my close friends and 87 of them were all like, I'm battling with the same thing. How many close friends? Wait, how many close friends you got talking about like a hundred people of? I have a couple hundred now, but oh. I don't do close friends anymore. So right. I was gonna <laughs> yeah. say because I got like sixty. <laughs> it took a minute. Um, it took a lot of convincing for me to get people to be on board and to feel comfortable to talk about certain things because this is before I knew about Discord and Telegram and things of that nature, and I felt like me coming to you face to face on my phone and you can actually see it and I'm speaking to you directly. It was a little bit more like it was, it was more intimate. It felt like, you know, I was having that conversation with just you and me, you know, rather than it being like a group of people. And then I was able to do it where you can ask me questions and say certain things and you're still anonymous and you're still talking to me and I'm still able to answer as if we're on a phone call. So I just wanted to keep it a bit more personal when I was doing it. Uh, and that's when I really like told everybody. And of course, like everyone respected me and they didn't say anything outside of my close friends. And then one day I just kind of like was like, I think that it'll push me a bit harder to stay on what I need to do if I just tell the world what's going on. And when I did it, I did it on TikTok first. And within four days, I gained 40,000 followers just because of me being like, hey, I'm Kia, the Alkaline Traveler. I'm battling with X, Y, and Z, and this is what I'm going to be doing, da, 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 and I'll teach you about it. And I find, I think that the only downside about it is, is that I get so many people that only hear what they want to hear out of my videos. Everyone's always asking me, have you healed yourself? Have you healed yourself? And I'm a big affirmations and words or spells. So me constantly being like, no, I haven't healed myself. I'm like, what am I sending a message to? Like, how am I, like, you know what I mean? So, like, I that's, like, my biggest thing where it's, like, it frustrates me that people ask me so much. But I only know that they're asking because they need that validation to know that they can do it themselves. So I'd be trying to explain it in the best way possible where it doesn't send that message to my, my mind and my body that it's, like, okay, you haven't and it's not going to happen. 
because there's a slight itty bitty chance in your mind that if you have any type of hesitation, it's not going to happen. It's an idea. It's like a parasite. Once it, it, once it's in there and it's stuck in there, it just infests your entire mind and your body. And it's hard to get it out, especially if you're not diligent enough. So I was okay with telling everybody, to be quite frank with you. My ex was just kind of like, damn, you going to tell everybody in the whole world about your business? And I was like, there's people out here that are struggling that want to unalive themselves. And if I can be someone that's positive while I'm on this journey and I can help them switch that mindset, whether that be through food, whether that be watching my videos, I'm going to do it. Like, I don't care. I've never had any pushback with anybody that I've ever been with other than one person, but that was my fault. So we just not going to get into that. But it was just like, <laughs> like, I don't, I'm very, very, very confident and I'm very, very informative and informational about what's going on that I can say that <laughs> I can say that I've, I bring comfort to the person that I'm with at okay. the end of the day. All right. Um, and yes, yes. Okay. Yes, All right. Yeah. Cause I, I, I want to know now, like what was this one off situation? So I was dating somebody at the time and I don't know. I get these feelings where there's like certain people that I tell and certain people I don't tell. Now I know that a lot of people will like literally hang me for that. Like, how dare you? That was, situation. That was like, a strong word choice. You know? No, but for real, a lot of people will come up to me and be like, you know, that's not fair that you haven't said this, this, and this. And it's like, I get it. But with me having the knowledge that I have and with this information, it's just kind of like, if I know for a fact that you're not going to have it, then what is the point of me even expressing it? It's kind of like when you have an outbreak or if you're shedding, you pass it. If I don't have an outbreak, I'm not shedding, I'm not passing it. So at the same time, it's like if you're just responsible with your decisions, it doesn't mean you got to tell everybody in the entire world. And I'm not telling you to go sleep with everybody. Anyway, fast forward. So we're dating. Whatever. It gets to a night, it gets real hot and steamy, right? I don't say anything because I was just like, damn, we're already in the middle of this. I didn't have this conversation. Like, I was like, I don't really want to have this conversation right now. This is a very, very awkward so I didn't say anything, and then four days later, I had an outbreak, and I was like, fuck, I got to call this man. I have to tell him just because I just want to make sure I wasn't shedding at that time, and I think that what happened was is that the guilt of me not having that conversation because I was already in the process of telling him that night, and it just didn't happen. I think that it just stressed me out so much that I ended up having an outbreak, so I was like, all right, be responsible. You need to call him, so I called him. I told him, was telling him, like, whatever. And then I was like, hey, I just want to make sure that you go get tested. I want to make sure that you're good. That's just not what he wanted to hear, which I get. And he just, I mean, every day he would call me all day long, just pretty much say, like, I can't believe this happened. Like, I really should have never dealt with you. Like, I don't fuck with you. Like, honestly, like, if this comes back positive, I will show up to your house and I will take, like, you're done like unalive type situation. And I was just like, all right, well, I kind of have to sit with this one because that was something where I took someone's choice away. And when that happened to me, I was devastated. And to be quite frank with you, if you really do this whole, it's an STD, I couldn't tell you who gave it to me. Couldn't, I, I don't, I don't know. And to be quite frank with you, I don't even think anybody really gave it to me because I know it's a lot of poor eating habits and a lot of other things that correlate to it. I've had eczema my entire life. That is a herpes that's a part of the herpes family. So it's not like I can really point fingers with anybody. So 
this man all day, every day was just telling me like he was finna unalive me. And I was just like, I can't be on the phone with you, man. Like, I just can't. It's just too much for me. So instead of him going to get tested, I found out that he slept with another female the night after and then told her to go get tested and waited for her test results to make sure that he was negative. Oh, you know, that's and, a, like, that's and it's crazy because the night before he called me, I had a vision. I had a dream that he was going to call me apologizing and he was going to be like begging, apologizing me. And I was like, and I woke up out of my dream, like, yo, this is so weird. Like I haven't talked to him in weeks. Like he's not going to call me. And 6.13 p.m. the next night called me talking about some, I just want to apologize for everything that I said. Like, you were right. Like, I'm sorry that I downplayed everything. And I appreciate you telling me, even though I would have preferred it to be sooner. Like, I don't mean anything that I said. Can we just start over? This and the third. Like, I'm negative. Like, da-da-da-da. Like, going on. I was like, yeah, I don't think this is going to work. Were you more freaked out that uh, you had the vision, or was it more weird that he called you at all to apologize? I wasn't freaked out at all. Uh-huh. Um, oh, your I face was like, was your happen. face looked freaked out. You were like... Yeah, no, I was just like, I was looking at it because I was kind of like confused because I knew it was going to happen, and I was more so like, damn, like, I'm really in tune with myself right now for me to even know this, you know? So it was like a positive thing, don't get me wrong, but I just... The whole time, and I think that's the reason why I allowed him to say the things that he said, um, because I knew that at the end he didn't have it, and I knew that he was going to end up calling me with, hey, this is this, is this, and this is that. So I don't excuse the behavior by any means. Like, I do tell people, like, make sure you tell people. It's so much easier to do so. My ex, I told him the first night, he was like, to be quite frank with you, Kia, I really don't give a damn. I think everybody in this world has herpes, so I'm still going to come over tonight. And I literally was like, this is so much better than the last conversation I had. (laughs) So, like, it's not the end-all, be-all. I think it's just when you take that decision away from somebody and they can't make that decision on do I want to grow with this person or help them through it, then they just feel really trapped. And nobody likes to be in that. Nobody wants to be in survival mode. So I understood it. And all my friends that I was telling, like, talking to him about it, they were like, you know, like, I think what you did was great, like, being able to tell him and then walk him through this. But she was like, my one friend, she was like, but the way he's talking to you is just sideways. And I was like, I get it, but everyone has different COVID mechanisms. I don't know where he comes from. He says he comes from, like, the slum slums. He could be lying. I don't know. I don't know how they per- – I don't know how they – process things i don't and in that time i just felt so guilty i just allowed it to happen so that's what happened (laughs) all right (laughs) thank you for sharing all of that uh so we met because one of my friends we played football in college uh he had commented on your post and i misspoke from what did you say i think you used the word healed and i used the word cure because i Uh see many um I see people send me things and people are hopeful for a cure for herpes and like that that'll be the end all be all of everything so can we talk about the post specifically that you made that got you the 40,000 followers on TikTok and that connected me to you um okay so the one that you found or that was connected was just me introducing myself for my new audience Um, well, yeah, my new audience, because I really don't introduce myself on social, I just assume that everybody knows who the heck I am, 
So I'm rebranding in a sense right now because I've noticed how much of my posts have been misconstrued and thrown off with people thinking that I've already healed myself. So I just wanted to rebrand and I just wanted to allow people to know that while I'm on this journey, I'm sharing everything that I'm doing on this journey. And if they were interested in joining me, they can, you know, join my Telegram group or they can just follow my Instagram because some people don't want to be like, a lot of people when they see like a post, like I literally said, hey, I'm the alkaline traveler. I'm probably the one that you found out on the internet that said that you can heal from herpes through herbs fasting, mindfulness. Um, I'm here to just share my testimony as I share with you how step-by-step I will be eliminating herpes for good. If you want to join me, do your telegram. I think people might have heard that first 15 seconds, if that, and were like, that's when they've gone into go mode, I guess, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So a lot of people will say I'm ready, but those are people that are not, those are people that are okay with they don't really give a damn about if anybody else knows because they know that it's time. Like, okay, I'm going to heal myself from it. Now, the people that followed me, instead of saying that I'm ready, they usually DM me and be like, hey, can I get a telegram now? Because they don't want people to know just because my post is centered around herpes. So if you comment on there and somebody else sees it and it could be your friend, they're going to be like, wait, you got herpes? Like what? So I do know that that's why I kind of gave two different options. Like just follow me. You can DM me, whatever. Um, But the one that got me 40,000 followers on TikTok, I was, I started off with saying, you know, my normal, I'm Kia the Aquine Traveler, and I was diagnosed with herpes in 2014. It was probably the best decision I've ever had in my entire, like, best decision, best thing that could ever happen to me, and here's why, and I broke it down, and I just, I try and share where I have been so people understand that it wasn't easy in the beginning, but now I'm at a point where. I just wanted to write down that you were diagnosed 2014. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that me writing that. No, I had a pause because I was like trying to figure out how I wanted to like allow that to come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I want my platform to be something where you see it actually happening. You can see a testimony of someone getting rid of it or you can see paperwork that someone got rid of it. You don't, like not a single person out here is actually walking you through step by step by step and being transparent enough to tell you like, yo, I'm gonna be doing a 40 day fast. Now I don't expect anybody to do a 40 day fast with me. I'm doing that because I want to be more connected with my divine self. I know that I can speak to God if I literally abstain from all things other than just liquid. I know that I'll be able to reconnect. Now, I want to do that within the first 40 days because I want to make sure that my mind is so strong that when I start this detox and those underlining issues from my root chakra that associate with herpes comes out, I'm ready to be able to confront them and move forward because I haven't been for these past couple of years, and that's the reason why I haven't healed just yet. So it's a lot deeper than just taking herbs and supplements. It has a lot to do with your mindset, and it has a lot to do with how you confront those issues and learn from it. So... A lot of my um, a lot of my detoxes have shown shed light on me being very passive aggressive and it leading me to being taken advantage of times where I don't talk to people about it and I feel uncomfortable when I talk about it and those things come up and when I'm not ready to face that I'd be like you know what I want to live my best life I'm gonna start doing this and that you know we're gonna go out we're gonna do this and that's where I'm at because I'm like I don't want to do it I deflect 
So I'm at a place where I'm like, I'm ready not to deflect. I had a, I had a meditation where it took me through this entire scenario that I absolutely hated. <laughs> and I couldn't wake up from this meditation. Like, it was like, nah, girl, you got to sit here. You got to do through it, go through it. So long story short, I was followed from a club to my house. And this man followed me. And I have, I'm more nervous to decline and fight for my life because it like freaks me out to have to fight for something like that. Like, I don't know, like it's like a weird, weird like feeling that I will be like, I have this under control. I can take care of things and I'll invite and be positive and allow things to go a certain way for me to kind of get to that exit. And that night it did not happen. And ever since that night, I literally completely blocked it out of my head, blocked it, blocked it, blocked it, blocked it out of my head. And it came up when I was detoxing last time. And I had to sit with it, and it was it was crazy because I was in that thing for like I felt like I, I was reliving the exact, the whole night all over again. And then a couple nights later, like it was like I had I didn't have like a release of anything, but I felt like there was still so much heavy emotion that was attached to it that I was like, okay, I'm not ready for this just yet. Like I know that I'm getting to the point where I'm getting ready because I was able to sit through that for as long as I did, but I'm not ready to be able to actually like flow through that so that's what I mean when I say like healing it's not about herbs like we gotta think about it. a lot of people get STDs through rape a lot of people get STDs just through passing it through like DNA right like we have been as just people in general we eat like shit it's just that's just common knowledge and years and bloodlines of that the DNA structure changes right? Your antibodies to having certain diseases and certain immunes and things of that nature get passed down to your children. So like, I'm not healing just myself. I'm healing my mom, her mom, the mom before that and all of that. And not only am I healing my mom's side, but I'm healing my dad's side too. That's a lot of fucking people. And I got to do that myself. So it's like, I'm ready now, but it took me two and a half years to get there. And I know a lot of people that have healed themselves and gotten it back because after they heal themselves, they go back to doing what they used to know and they get right back into the same position because they didn't do the deep work that they were supposed to. Can I say what I'm hearing just to, yeah. all right. So I, I know what you said and what I'm hearing here is because <clears throat> you, you said this at the end to wrap it up and bring it all together, but healing in itself is not exclusively about making your symptoms go away. When we're talking about healing, we are talking about the underlying emotion that also came with the diagnosis or the symptoms in a way that's like herpes itself is a physical representation of a thing that needs to be healed on an energetic level or mental psychological level. So in some people's instances, it could have been a sexual assault. It could have been a relationship thing it can it can be a number of things mostly relationship to self and i can speak to this from a more like if people are getting distant from it because of the energetic talk about it it would be going through therapy so what i learned is that i have a very strong avoidance of rejection what better way to have to confront rejection than to have to tell somebody you have herpes, right? Before being mm -hmm. intimate. Like if you want something, you want intimacy, you want connection, 
how much more vulnerable can you get than to be like, hey, I would like this thing with you, but it may have an outcome that you don't really desire. So you're more likely to say no. Right. So this came up for me in therapy because um, when I got herpes, one of the things that I recognized in hindsight was I don't know who I got it from. And if I did know who I got it from, then it probably would have been someone of my choosing. But not knowing where it came from, it was somebody that more so probably chose me. So like I wasn't going after and pursuing the kind of partner that I wanted. It was like finding out you like me and then I I now like you because you like me. And that was how relationships progressed on a consistent basis because of how avoidant of rejection I was. Fast forward, that was in 2013 when I got diagnosed. Fast forward to 2022 in therapy where that comes up again. And it's really um, like I look at this entire platform, something positive for positive people. This was born out of avoidance of rejection because now I am public. I'm open about it. Anyone who I don't know about other people, but I Google people when I find your name, if we're on a date, like I want to know what comes up when I Google you. That's the easiest way to find out, you know, extreme things about a person. So for me, anyone who goes out with me, like has to at least be okay with the herpes thing. The one thing that I'm most likely to be rejected for if I want intimacy and connection with a person. So I'm avoiding rejection of people who aren't okay with that because assuming that people do any type of research on a person they're going out with, that's there, right? But even through the creation of this platform, social media, the podcast, and uh, the way that I meet people, there's still potential for rejection there. And I still have to fight the battle of going after what I want and initiating Uh, making the initiation for intimacy. So I shared this on a practical level. Yeah, this is 10 years of, okay, this happened in 2013. Here we are in 2022. And I now realize that this thing that happened in 2013 has roots not only back in 2013, but even before that, like long before uh, that particular relationship that would have gotten me herpes. So tracing the intensity of the emotion of the trauma to when you can recall having felt that before and maybe having felt that the first time this is part of not the but part of the healing process itself speaking from that more practical level and it's also an ongoing thing 10 years well yeah 10 years have passed here we are today and i'm still able to speak to that and it's also something that is ongoing practice so healing in itself is a practice a lifestyle commitment it's not something where you're going to be able to pop this pill do this thing commit to doing a thousand push-ups and once you get a thousand push-ups like the results are there so that is what i heard and me applying my life experience to what you heard to just identify if we're on the same page yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I um, I do talk about how emotions are. It's like a um, they're messages, they're programs. Um, my favorite book it's from Candace P. Pert, 
and she's a neuroscientist and she was able to share with a lot of different people. This happened in, I think, the 90s. Yeah, this is when the epidemic of like HIV happened and she was studying receptors and we all have um, PERT, sorry, P-E-R-T. So we all have receptors on our cells. So we have 155 trillion cells, give or take. And each and every one of our cells have a receptor, which means that receptor is designated for all emotions, all, all messages, all functions, all everything. And she was studying about how opi opioids wouldn't really need to be placed in the body if they could have a placebo almost to go in and target the receptor that would allow us to have that release of opioid um, um, outcome in general. So she was able to share with, you know, her colleagues and whatnot and talked about how you don't have to actually make a prescription that's generated for pain release or having um, really, really, really like hyper energy and being focused. You just have to find a way to trigger the receptors in the specific cells in order for it to do it because our, our body is a fucking powerful and amazing, amazing tool. Um, we are the original computer systems, AI systems in general. So I, I love to tell people that when it comes to emotions, like depending on what you're suppressing will depend on the result and the symptoms that you're going to get afterwards. And not to downplay Western medicine or doctors, but with me being a physician's assistant for like five years, I noticed how many people were so like in the mindset of, I would just rather a prescription so I can get this done and over with now than actually having to figure out what the issue was because all they were doing was pinpointing the symptom, getting rid of it by underlining like some type of medication that they could be like, okay, you won't have this symptom anymore. Try and eat a little bit more veggies and then be on their way. And then all of a sudden, you know, six weeks to a couple months later, they now have a different symptom. And it's because now you're suppressing and targeting one area of the body that's giving you these side effects you're suppressing it, your body's not able to detox it or allow it to flow the way it's naturally supposed to. And now it's clogging up systems. It's stopping certain things, which is creating another problem. Your body's trying to tell you something's wrong. And instead of you actually fixing it, you're going to somebody else who doesn't know your body, who anybody and everybody in this world needs to know their body. Like when you're hungry, you need to know what type of noise, what type of body, like everything about you, you should be able to know, right? Sometimes we hear like a growl in our stomach. That's not us being hungry. That's our, our body being like, Hey, this is the last bit of food from the last time I'm able to digest, put it down to the small intestines. But we're told if we're growling, that's hungry. No, nah, that's not it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we've been told how to live our lives. We have been taught how to be programmed. We've been taught all of this thing. So we're not supposed to look outside of authority or someone that knows more than us because they went to school for so much longer. And I just couldn't have it when I started getting sick to the point where I would go to my job and within three to four hours, I would have to leave because I couldn't, I couldn't hold anything down. I wouldn't have eaten anything, but I would just be like, everything would be coming up from the night before. And I was trying to figure out why I was getting sick. Now, meanwhile, um, I'm not pregnant. Okay. So everyone's first, thing is, oh, you must be pregnant. Did it? No, I'm not. Like, I know my body. I'm not pregnant. And I found out that I did an allergy test 
and my stomach, my body could not process pork, beef, chicken, turkey, no meat. It couldn't process anymore. Like my body was to the point where it's like we've at our, we're at our limit. And if you keep doing it, I was going to turn into like how my family is, you know, diabetic, hypertension, um, hypothyroidism, all of these different things because my body was trying to tell me something was wrong. So I cut them all out. I ate fish for the time being and dairy because they said I ain't had no problems with that. So I ate that still. But within a week, completely different change. And that's when my mind started thinking like, if I got rid of meat and I feel this much better, what happens when I get rid of dairy and seafood? Right. So I wasn't ready to make that full commitment of being vegan. But in that time frame, I was like, this is what my journey is going to be like. And then the day that Nipsey Hussle died was the day that I found about Dr. Sabi. Don't know why it took me so long, but it, in divine timing, everything happens for a reason. And that was the day that I did a contract with myself. You were going to give yourself X amount of time to kind of get yourself settled and be realigned and ready to go. And a couple about probably less than a year later, I went to Atlanta, visited friends. I pretty much had the time of my life, drank as much as I wanted, ate whatever the hell I wanted, ate meat. I didn't care what it was. I was like, get it out of your system. My last meal was a freaking potato gordito. I don't even know why I went to Taco Bell to get it, but I did it and it was great. Okay. Went on a three day fast of just nothing but water. And that was all she wrote. Ever since then, I was just like, I'm good on it. I would rather replicate this recipe and make it plant-based than actually eat what has been, you know, giving me these side effects. So, like, the emotions itself had a lot to do with everything. <sighs> COVID was probably the best thing that happened to anybody. I don't care what anybody says. If it was a negative, that's just because you're a negative person. You just switch your mindset. I'm sorry. But COVID was great because you got to see a world without actually having to go to work. That was that's probably the most richest. Like, that was, like, the time where the most poorest people were the richest, okay? Like, you really could do anything and whatever you wanted because you got to sit with yourself. You had a decision. Do I want to continue to live this life that I have been or do I want to make a change? And that was a time to do your detoxes. That was a time to make that change and that commitment and change the reason why or how you feel about things. That was when I started working on communication with my family and my my boyfriend at the time and trying to express how I feel and just be more open and aware of what was going on. And then if I felt like it wasn't them, it was me. I would sit with myself and I would meditate. And it did so much for me. And I realized it had a lot to do with the emotions that I was feeling. I didn't feel resentment towards my mom. I didn't feel resentment towards my dad for these things. And it just felt like there was things that were opening up inside of me and creating more light and more vibrance that I was like, okay, this is something that I want to do. So emotions itself is just energy emotion. So every time you put your attention on something, you are now manifesting whatever that reality is. Whether you're having a conversation and joking, your mind and body don't know the difference between either one of them. So I don't, I try my hardest not to joke around with people about things that could be really detrimental to my mental health or just my body itself. And I really focus in on my emotions and try to express them as best as I know how to, or at least sit with them to figure out, okay, is it me that I need to realign with? Or is it the person that I'm talking to that's really, you know, triggering me? Like what's happening? And I like to be able to dissect that because then it makes it for a more intentional conversation and a more powerful healing because you get closer to these people and you're able to establish a trustworthy relationship and you're able to feel as though that you can trust yourself now. Herpes has a lot to do with us not trusting ourselves, not loving ourselves. I mean, I was one to think that 
in the beginning, it was like, dang, like, I felt like sex was the only way that guys would like you. Like, if you didn't put out, you wasn't like, no one likes you. And I had that in my head for a really long time. And now when I look back at it, I hate that. But I have to go into meditations and I have to visit her. And I have to give her a hug and let her know that she is secure and she is loved and she doesn't have to put out like that. You know, like, and if that's the case, that person is just not for you. But I also don't take away those experiences because if it wasn't for those experiences, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Because I don't know what I would be like if I was how I am now back then. And it's just a part of my evolution and how I chose to be here and what path I was supposed to be in. So, yeah, that was a really long, drawn-out thing. But at the end of it, it's just like the most thing that we have a hard time with is, is controlling the emotions. And you said it, too. It's, it's a control thing that we have. It's like we want to control the amount of risk and the, the amount of fear and the amount of uncertainty in our lives so we can live at a plateau of happiness and peace. But we forget that we don't have that control at all times. And, you know, life is just like a roller coaster. It goes up and down sideways. It stops. It stays stagnant. You know, it goes fast. It goes slow. And because we cannot technically control that, we have to be able to know how to flow. And the only way to be able to do that is to understand how nature is. Like, it's just a, like the winter. All the trees leave, lose their leaves. There's no flowers blooming. Everything is just sleeping. It's hibernating. So in the wintertime, you won't see me on social media. I want to stay to myself because I have to now take in everything that I did during the summers and the falls and the springs. And I got to sit and evaluate myself because those are the lowest times for me because there's not enough sunlight for me to get my nutrients. But that's also the time for me to really like harvest that energy. So I have enough energy to do exactly what I want to do in those you know, rising times and in the high times of just warm weather and having all the nutrients coming from the sun. And a lot of times we're on go 24 seven. We don't ever get that time frame. So when we have a mental breakdown, we think something's wrong. And it's not, it's just, you just haven't sat with yourself. You haven't been able to just relax. And that's a, that's a difficult thing for a lot of people. So yeah. You finish? Yeah. All right. <laughs> what I'm hearing here, too, is, you know, it's just more of lifestyle change. And I think people are very resistant to that. People are very resistant to uh, you spoke to a handful of things and I'm going to try and touch on each point. One of which was uh, like not to crap on Western medicine, I think was what you said. Maybe. Yeah. I, but. <laughs> that's something that we do well we are very good about treating a symptom but we are not very we don't want to alleviate the core the root of what said symptom is i have a podcast episode called the spiritual significance of herpes it's around if it's not 116 episode 116 and some of what you just spoke to is what came up in that episode. I Googled the spiritual meaning of herpes, right? And as I was reading through, it was very interesting to see how much uh, the physical, like kind of how I just spoke to, the physical representation of what herpes is uh, and how it 
might have come to be due to underlying emotions, energy and motion, spirit, whatever wording people would like to use. And people having to deal with that is hard. It's hard to accept that there's more to be done that there's actual work to be done like i look at people who struggle with different things and it's like okay the solution is right here but it's gonna take work to get to said outcome that you desire and what western medicine has done is given us this laser point focus on whatever it is that's making the most noise now granted you've got a broken arm western medicine is great we can perform surgery put the yeah, arm back together yeah. but you still got to give yourself that time to rest and heal and let the body do what the body does and mm-hmm. we don't want to even do that or it's like all we want to do is the rest like oh someone put it here for me and i'll just sit still and not do anything or <clears throat> it's i want to pay for the solution like give me the solution i will do everything i got to do to buy that solution and the energy and time and the money that we put into that quick fix that's gonna alleviate the one particular focal point of where our attention is if we were able to apply that to a lifestyle change if we were to apply that to doing the hard internal work and making the the harder decisions more of a consistent practice then like that would be irrelevant um well kia being mindful of the time here i want to first just thank you for coming on the show uh thanks for being willing to talk to me and um i want you to just let people know how they can find you Oh, man, Courtney, thank you so much for having me on Something Positive for Positive People. I've enjoyed my time. Thank you so much for allowing me to share my testimony and just my experience and where I'm at and exactly what it takes to kind of get to a point where you're not feeling so down. Um, But if anybody is interested in following the journey or maybe even just joining the Telegram, my social media all handles are going to be The Alkaline Traveler. It's A-L-K-A-L-I-N-E and then Traveler spelled the regular way. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram. Any of those platforms will have a link in my bio to take you to a fasting telegram and also life after herpes is what I like to call it because we're really just targeting that mindset in order for us to obtain our desired lifestyle. If there's any other additional questions that anybody has, you can definitely feel free to do a one-on-one call or just privately DM me. I know how sensitive this topic is. But those are the two social medias that I have right now. I do have a YouTube coming, but right now it's... It is under construction, so I have one video posted, but there will be more to come, and it'll just be talking about recipes on how to get off of your detox, how to start your detox, and some benefits about the mind, body, and spirit all together. But I really enjoyed my time being able to speak about this. Hopefully, we'll be able to do another one where we can get a little bit more deeper into just some studies that I've found and ways to being able to help people start their journey. But like I said, thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to seeing how far you go with this beautiful platform as much as it allows people to feel confident and comfortable to listen in and hear different stories and understand that they're not alone. So thank you again. That concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, share, subscribe to this podcast, and of course, donate to the nonprofit. Um, Again, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. 
that's doing a lot of stuff. I was trying to communicate this to someone uh, earlier who's helping me with my resume and uploading everything in a way that people are able to understand and see what I do so that I can more so enter opportunities or be aligned with opportunities um, that align. I don't even know what I'm trying to say here, but I do a lot of shit. (laughs) it's as simple as that i record these podcasts when i can how i can given the circumstances of my living situations and the weather all these things play a role in how the podcast is run but don't nobody care about that shit as long as i'm consistent um i think that that's the most important to me i'll record these in my bed at 4 a.m at uh, midnight whenever I can um, I gotta wait between when roommates aren't here when the weather isn't bad but uh, ultimately the reason that I am able to remain so consistent is because of the flexibility that I have to have in order to run this so yes it's a podcast it's a support resource for people who are living with herpes it's a lifeline for people who might have been struggling with suicide ideation at some point it's patient care advocism advocism act advocacy and activism wow that, i guess it could be a word advocism um and it's also a sexual health communications tool i'm legitimately looking through my resume and i'm seeing all of these different interview opportunities that have come by i'm looking at podcasts that i've been on i'm looking at workshops and presentations i've done and it's a very wide range of things that i do more often than not for free i'm beginning to pay myself through the nonprofit now and i'm also putting myself in positions to um, be exposed to opportunities that offer money as well so um, i'm in the process of putting something together to educate healthcare providers on um, getting practice with taking a sexual history so i'm doing some interviews and learning what uh, impacts them in terms of stigma and how um, i can support people who are patients and um are utilizing the healthcare system and giving them the tools and support resources they need in order to uh, navigate this space. So your donations support all of those efforts. Um, I'm really considering pulling back on the paying for people with herpes to get therapy uh, for a number of reasons. I'll cover that in an upcoming episode, um, but I got to run this by my board first because uh, it, it's it's something that I envisioned for a really long time. It's why I started um, raising the money. But what I'm seeing is that people are getting so much more from conversations with me and the podcast than they are uh, even willing <laughs> to utilize the therapist in our network. And I kind of feel like that's become a waste of time for me to try and build and grow and develop this network of therapists um, when people just aren't utilizing them, which I guess is good because it speaks to the quality of support that people are getting through something positive for positive people. But also, I don't want to say that this is something that we're doing and it's not something that we're doing. Like right now, there's one person in therapy who's been in therapy for a few months. Um, But outside of that, like, 
people come, they talk to me, they get what they need, and then they go on about their business. Um, when I do have conversations, if someone has a therapist, I encourage them to utilize a therapist. Uh, but if something positive is just going to be a gateway for people to get to the next stage of their healing, I'm happy with that. This doesn't have to be where people come and it's the end all be all of their herpes support. Like I'd rather you just come get what you need and it be pointed in the right direction, um, in order to support yourself. So, um, I thank y'all for trusting me as much as you have for listening. If you want to be a guest, please don't hesitate to reach out. Like, this is an easy process. We get on Google Hangouts. I hit the record button and we just have a conversation. All right. Thank you. And I will catch you or you'll catch me on the next episode.